It's the real hip hop. Hip hop. The real hip hop. This is Sharon Shabazz, and you're listening to the RealHipHop.com podcast. In this episode, I talk to Staten Island, New York MC, Squeegee Oblong. Squeegee recently released an album comprised of songs he had stashed away in the vault called After These Messages. The music on the album is bookended by classic television commercials from the 80s and 90s. On this show, I talk to Squeegee Oblong about his biggest lyrical influences, how he deals with grief, and his new album, After These Messages. How did you come up with the concept for After These Messages? All right. um, I'm sitting in the house, pretty much in between working on the next two projects that I got coming. I'm sitting with a friend of mine, Juan Kinetic, a.k.a. Stilo Heen. And he had this dope concept of um, doing like a best of. Because at the moment in time, I was just coming fresh off the uh, Harbor Kids traction. And there's like a whole new audience of people that's not familiar with what I got going on. So I said, yo, that sounds like a dope idea. I can run with that. Sat back and thought of this whole new play on it rather than just doing the typical best of where it's just like, oh, you're just throwing records together that everybody's familiar with and just like, yo, it's the best of. Where I took it to was I have a bolt of records. Some of those records on that project date back to like, what, 2012 with the most recent, maybe like a couple of months ago. So... With the joints that I had in the cut, some of these joints were used, maybe like SoundCloud era, stuff like that. But we never like never really took no real full potential on it, like putting it out on the streamers or even just trying to get it to motivate around. So I said, look, rather than just do a best of, I'm going to do a best of, of shit that nobody heard. Old to me, new to you. Know what I mean, but how do you introduce something that's old to you but new to a whole new audience. You got to give them something to familiarize everything to work with. So what's the best thing that you can think of to get people to jump back into something? Nostalgia. So if we're going to talk nostalgia, what do you remember good as far as things being nostalgic with me? I took it a step further and said, yo, Saturday morning cartoons. Everybody's familiar with Saturday morning cartoons. Everybody loves Saturday morning cartoons. That was just like the highlight of every kid's era back in like the 80s, 90s. I don't know if it was really around in the 70s, but I definitely know 80s, 90s, even a little bit in the 2000s. So put that concept with those records, and there you have after these messages. You know what I'm saying? Okay. What's your favorite Saturday morning childhood memory? Hammer time. First time I really ran into a rapper being on television. This is just me. I mean, I'm 39. And uh, at the time, Hammer was like the big success. You know what I'm saying? To see him represented how he was on television and, and not really stealing away from his character and who he was. 
Like that shit to me was dope. And I don't think he gets a lot of credit for the artist that he is. You know what I'm saying? He broke ground like not too many artists can say I had a cartoon. I had these sellout concerts and I, I wasn't even talking gangster. I was giving people energy, positivity, records like we pray, shit of that nature. So just that, that hammer time makes me think of that nostalgia because, yo, he was just too dope, man. Too, too dope. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think people okay. kind of dishammer because of his flow, his lyrics. Right, um, right. The concepts of his songs, you know what I'm saying? Not, not so much the concepts, but I, I think it's just he came along in a time where Rock him and right. Big Daddy King, Karis one, they changed the way people rap, Coogee rap, um, Slick Rick. Like he came yeah. along in that time. So comparatively, he wasn't rhyming like those dudes, but he was a phenomenal performer. Amazing. Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have a song called Coming of Age where you yes. say doing this for so long feel like I sniff success, addicted but realistic. It's a slim chance of making it. Um, when did you come to the point where you were at peace with your place in hip hop? What you live in, you can't grab back. Remembering the trauma and the pain. That shit that evolves you to a man. Living to gamble, can't wrap it up in plans. As a kid, I was eager to learn. Knowledge was power with the OGs. They burning their trees. Sip from a bottle, say it shorty. If you want to succeed, stay from the corners. Get a degree. Go overseas. Become a doctor or a ball player. But my shot's shitty at ball player. School cost too much bread. Couldn't afford a major. My only choice was to get me a job. But ain't no stranger to the phone. Cause I was really outside Had my fair share ups and downs But fuck it, I'm a soldier Kept my mouth closed and kept it moving in my Jordans And still to this day I keep it ten toes down While these sucker niggas monkey around Won't let y'all fuck up my No slot positions, but recognition for top spinner. Doing this for so long, feel like I sniff success. Addicted but realistic, it's a slim chance of making it. Came from making stupid ass records on dual take the sense. Defeated equal minds, positivity mixed with rage's edge. Didn't think I would make it this far, leaving my scent lingering like a fart. Looking at the man in the mirror, tell him to keep his shit going. And wipe your eyes and watch your vision get clearer. So.
honestly, I want to say Dow Lockman EP. I came to the realization that it wasn't even about, you know, trying to make records to be what everybody, you know, wanted the sound to be. I just wanted to make shit that I felt was official and was dope, you know? At one point, it was all about shit like that and you think like that. Even as a beginner artist, you know, you have that feeling, yeah, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. But, you know, once you really get out and you fuck around, like, man, I want to say since about 2009, I've done a shitload of shows between Staten Island, Manhattan, Brooklyn. I've done shows in PA. I've rocked in California. And you can see energy and see different shit. But the end result is at the end of the night, yo, you're not really the main guy. You got lucky to be in a situation or sometimes you look at it like, yo, it's just practice. You're not really fulfilling what you want, but you love it for, for what it is and the sport of it. Not only that, um, I touched on this uh, a minute ago. When I do this shit, I don't think of it anymore as like uh, even as a as a thing to just do as a, ho- a hobby or as just some shit as an art. I look at it more for the longevity of it for the people behind me. You know what I'm saying? I have one year old son. I have a nephew, two nieces. They pay attention to what I got going on. You know what I'm saying? My niece runs down on me. She be like, "Yo, Uncle Dean, that's crazy," but. I like what you said. I don't understand it, but it, it the way it sounds. For them to run up on me and do that, that just gives me the idea that as long as I can show them you do the things that you want to do and you can accomplish it, I think they would be willing to be more on the level of chasing the dreams that they want to follow in life. And honestly, that's what I want them to do. I want this shit to be a, a setup for them to see the stepping stones of what not to do and what to do to move and make yourself in the right platform and in the right plethora of what you want to do talent-wise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. Um, You're from Staten Island, and Uh obviously Wu-Tang Clan is an inspiration to you, but your style doesn't borrow from them. How did you develop your style of emceeing? Um... I paid attention to, like I said, a lot of Eminem and a lot of Sticky Fingers. And from the project where I come from, a lot of guys early on was like heavy, when the, especially when the battle rap wave was going on. So everybody had a certain cadence to their, their style. You know, it kind of sound reminiscent to what everybody was doing on Smack, DVD, and all that other shit, like, with me, I was just so caught up in, in bar work. Like, Eminem, regardless of how people feel about him, his bar work is ill. It's amazing. You know what I'm saying? The way he can take words, flip them, and interchange them, words that don't even rhyme, and make them blend is amazing. You know what I'm saying? The dark humor that he has in his shit is amazing. It makes people gravitate because it shows more of a side of a... Yo, he has a sense of humor. He's human. You know what I'm saying? Sticky fingers. People underestimate sticky fingers. To me, Black Trash, uh, the autobiography of Kirk Jones, is probably one of the greatest hip-hop albums that will never be spoken about because people don't open their mind to really see what the brother was doing. The way that he told the story 
and how he flipped out throughout that whole album and the messages, the the different song ideas, the messages in between the songs. Like that shit was ill. All the other rappers, like not to take nothing away from you know dudes that I I like. Like I like Doom. Doom had more of a comic book vibe to his shit. Sticky fingers with that album gave you a feeling like you was walking with Kirk Jones. The story was so deep and the gems inside that shit, like my baby brother, um, the talk with God, even the joint with the with the with the court versus Kirk Jones, how all that shit played out, like it was just a genius. So I've always wanted to be on some shit where I wanted my wordplay to sound different. I didn't want to sound like the battle rap guy. I wasn't too cheesy. That's like the shiny suit, get money kind of era when I was really kind of like rapping, developing my shit. I didn't want to be those guys. I kind of wanted to rub off a little bit of that shoulder. I couldn't be as edgy as DMX because I love DMX too, but he had more edge. His, his shit resonated deeper. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't convey that energy. So you do it which any which way you can. You know what I'm saying? And with words, as long as I knew how to flip and bend, yo, the the sky's the limit with that shit. It's like an airbender, you know what I mean? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, you have a song on the album called Survivor's Remorse where yeah. You talk about on your cousin some raps and you say it's not asshole or ego, but more self-hatred. Right. Explain what you mean by that line. Drunk night stuck on the mind died. Feeling guilt is the date that I survived. Everything that came is all the vision that I hope for. But yet still I feel like I'm living in the folklore. I never ended the battle with my negative side. My inner voices say they ready to die. For my bloodline and future of my lineage. Prayers for the children of the new world. Take what belongs to you in true form. I'm going back and forth in conversations like it's music for me. And if I quit, is that accepting defeat? Will my son see my signs of weakness? Yes, daddy did the best that he could But at least he made it out of the hood All apologies for growing up So you can take a nigga out the ghetto But he always in the element no matter what All these new people are rock with me It's strange feel Struggle with trust issues So it might be hard to fuck with you But y'all don't have to put on the scene I've been the same comfortable dean Since I was fat with the Vosco jeans Stories of how I fumble niggas thousands Motherfucker, I'm from public health Housing. If I don't see it, ain't no reason to believe it. Grandma Villa call them wolf tickets. I look slow, but not dumb with all respect due. Part of my boots, still adjusting to this internet shit. You show love, they say you riding a dick. Tell them that time equal money and motherfuckers won't garnish your shit. But expect you to be on time with a track. Shit, I feel bad, I still got my cousin waiting on raps. It's not asshole or ego, but more self-hatred. Strife on myself way before I make it. I don't have the rep and keep attachments to people thoughts of how they see me and don't attract my mood every little step i take i wish egon was here in the flesh to keep me sane and keep me out of the mess my frontal cortex investing in stress my gray hairs is a reflection of my soul try to shit off the dead flip floppy like my baby when he sleep too many heathens raided through my dreams see success is just as closer than it seems pray for my a like in his home front his presence put these records in the forefront um well i mean i don't shy from it because i do talk about it in my records 
I do have moments where I deal with, you know, self-consciousness and, you know, self-doubt. Sometimes dealing with a snowball of depression, like a little bit of a bipolar feeling, but not completely that. And um, I feel like I stifle myself sometimes. You know, I look at the peers ahead of me, the guys that, you know, are out now. And not to say that I don't feel like an artist, but sometimes people have to remind me that, yo, you know, you, you got a record with this one, you know, this dude's hot. You know, you got to look at it like this. You've done things like this. I don't look at that shit like that. To me, it's just like, well, you know, I'm making records. I'm rapping. And I love my cousin to death, but I also have the mentality of, yo, if we're going to do this, let's do this shit correct. You know what I'm saying? I got to give you just as much as energy as you giving me to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? And if I'm down on it and I'm not trying to feel it, you're not giving me the energy to do it. I can't bum rush it. It ain't the fact that I'm being a dick and I don't want to do the record for you, but bro, I'm not in the right mind state. I'm not in the set state of mind to do these things. And that just don't go with him. That goes with a lot of different other artists and producers as well. Sometimes it's a workload. You know, you got to deal with the personal end of your life and then you got to deal with the music and, and there's really no separation when it's still the same guy. Know what I mean? So... Just sitting in your own brain and dealing with shit and fighting your own demons, it's a tackle. So it does take long to work with shit. It does take long to put together projects and write rhymes. And yo, Uriah, I love you to death, my nigga. I'll make any kind of record you want just part of me because I got to deal with my own shit. Because at the end of the day, like I said, this shit ain't promised for everybody. It's a it's, it's something that you you strive to do and it's something that you're chasing. But this shit ain't for everybody and this shit ain't made for everybody. And if you don't go beyond that mindset, you're going to always think like that and you're going to stop yourself and stifle yourself. So, I don't know. I fight with that every day. I feel like I'm getting a little bit better with it now, but it's an everyday struggle always. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how do you deal with that? How do you deal with getting in that funk or depression? I mean, I usually let the pen glide. If I can't let the pen glide, I try to distract myself with other things. Like, I'm an awesome Call of Duty Zombies player. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to play chess out the ass. Uh, my son, Kenzo, he's like one of my biggest chips of inspiration the majority of the time, so... I might feel shitty about something and just look at him, get a little laugh out of him, get some jokes and shit with him, and I might feel a little better. Or sometimes I just need to take a walk just to get some air, some type of clarity. You know what I'm saying? In a world where everybody beats down a brother man, and not to say in my own personal world, I get beat down every day, but, you know, in a world where you looked at, like, the second-class citizen and, you know, Sometimes even your old people don't fuck with you. You know, you got to figure out a way to, to for, for you to fuck with yourself. Really, you know? And um, I guess that's just an everyday process of growing up, you know, just figuring out new ways of how to deal with yourself and better yourself. Okay. You have a song called Closing Credits where you say you're trying to process um, grief after losing so many family members, do you feel like 
you've grieved properly now, or do you think that's even possible? I look like the kind of guy that would do that to I took this bag of dough found on the surface, but to be real with niggas, I've been so lost and open, I can't find the closing. I think the elders for my twin, he the reason that I'm staying on my shit and I folded in a deep depression again. Catch win between niggas, gossip, our verses to fools, and never gave him peace, they asked me to use. So what I can't feed my son off your friendless. Probably got the product when you spread the chips. I got grudges with fan members over petty shit. Love is love, live how you live, but please let me be. This might sound like a reach, but I'm still trying to process grief that's been building since 2016. I lost my father, then I lost my kid, then I lost my cousin, that was like my friend. Fuck what you talking in raps, cause my reality is swinging with facts. And I ain't worried about no singles and tracks, feel offended that gets my ass. Like the day they say for no fall, find you a lens to jump off, the buttons affect music to give you a move. Feel like I'm trying to force a vision on fools, and those who get it is little to few. Here I go again, underestimating my gift is so quiet but speaking loud around here they think a nigga with lips like TLC I creep in this bitch don't get your bad burn carry so much pressure on my shoulder nigga my back hurt Jon Snow in my game of thrones tired of hair niggas talking street shit when they ain't safe at home I'm running out of patience some of my best shit come from public transportation and this shit the proof right here so when they say I wasn't getting back in the booth I wasn't giving give me my take 15 and hop off my dizzy so play haters ball and I'm tapping my shoes I pray all the foul Shit in life happened to you, nigga. Is this real, nigga? Fuck out your fail. Yeah, no, and no. I mean, you can't get over it, but you'll never get over it. You might feel good about it for the moment. It's more so of living off memory. You know? I still deal with it. I know people who still deal with grief for people that they lost 14, 15 years ago. So it's something that you can never really get over. It can subside. Life goes on. You'll see shit different. You'll live shit different. But the end result is that grief is always there. Because especially if those people are important players to your life, like, you're going to feel that. Like, I never got a chance to meet my very, very first seat. It's kind of a, a, a heartbreaking experience. Life goes on. I was blessed to have my son. So, you know, whatever I missed out from not getting the chance to experience my daughter, I make up and try to give as much light as I can to my son. As far as my father, he was a very instrumental piece of, you know, me growing up and becoming kind of the fixture that I am today. So I'll never get over that because it's like a piece of your heart, you know, is missing. And I don't care what nobody says. You can die from a broken heart and you feel your heart break when you boost somebody very important to me like that because even when i talk about it now i still feel that same feeling in my chest as how i felt those days when i was sitting there still trying to process that shit laying in the bed with it i might not tear and cry about it because the shit's been replayed over a million times in my head 
every little thing that we share memory on is always going to spark a memory and make me think of him. You know, but once again, life goes on. My cousin was a very instrumental piece of what we doing with this music shit. It's unfortunate for him to not see the shit going on now. Life does go on, but with him, that's somebody I was with every day. Shit, I had just talked to him a couple of weeks prior to him passing. So it was just weird. Everything is just weird all on how you put together these pieces when it comes to grief, man. Because the real deal to it is, is you try not to think of the last memory you have, but when you think of all the other memories that took place beforehand, sometimes you put yourself in a weird predicament where your emotions like really flare the fuck up. And sometimes you just got to put your emotional part on pause for a second. Just put your brain on autopilot and be like, well, at least you look at it like this. Whatever they was going through, whatever issues, ailments, or whatever stopped them from getting further in this life, they don't have to deal with that shit no more. And everything is a process that happens for a reason. Nothing is a mistake in this life. You know what I'm saying? Although they put erasers on pencils, it's just like a video game. You only get one fucking life. So cherish that shit and run with it as you can. You can't sit on grief and mourn and cry over shit all day because then you become just a shell. You got too much soul to live. You know what I'm saying? I had to learn that. I got better with that. And now I'm here. I'm trying to live. You know what I'm saying? The way you're talking, though, it sounds like you have grief properly. You have a positive outlook on things. Moving forward. I mean, I mean on, on the verbal side of it, yeah. I see it more on the mental side where I say no. Because it's just a flashback, you know? Certain, like, like if you could understand it, certain things, it, it'll start a trigger. Like I said, I, I won't tear, but it'll start a trigger. And then that's where, you know, you start thinking about things. You get emotional. Then that's when the other shit comes in. Depression and, you know, dealing with your own doubts and all this other shit. Well, damn, I wish this one was here, you know. I wish I could run to this one and get that advice. You know, it'll subside. You'll eventually get over it. But, yo, mm. yeah, I, 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 I just leave it at that, that man. Okay. Well, last question, man, on, on a more positive note. Um, mm -hmm. What's next up for Squeegee O, man? What do you got coming up uh, oh. for 2023? 2023, uh, I'm just trying to come back outside after these messages. Uh, my next project I plan to release is called Tan Face, executive produced by uh, Black Knight, more of a, a, a lesser name producer, but he's been around working with different artists. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Teller Banks. They had did some work together. And um, he did some work for me and Jamel on the Harbor Kiss project. Plus, we did work prior. This project right here is all that emotion, all that energy kind of bottled up and displayed like art. You know what I'm saying? 
everything has its own significance. I got the bar work on there. I've got emotional shit on there. I've I've just got life on that shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to get too deep into it, but tan face is a significance of, you know, if you look up the color tan and what it meaning and the representative is, it's like strength and stability, you know, having some type of uh, sense of awareness of what's going on and shit like that. So I feel like that's me. That's my face. I am the tan face. This is how I'm going to express my shit. I'm going to give you every little piece of emotion that I've dealt with in the past year and a half, two years, and just let y'all vibe off the art, especially now in the climate where everything is just microwave mini Griselda and um, a multitude of the same project 85 times. It's kind of like a different vibe. It's got, like I said, it's got the ball work, but it ain't just all bars. It's, it's human affection there, you know what I'm saying? And then um, this other project I got in the cut, still in the works, called The Wrath. And, um, yeah, that's about it right now. I don't want to tell too much, but, yeah, I'm steady building, so this way I could end off 2023 and put 2024 in an even better perspective. But definitely, Tan Face is the next thing on the horizon, man. I mean. Okay. All right. Squeegee Oblong, thank you for joining The Real Hip Hop. Look, thank you, good brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sitting down and building with me and having this dope-ass conversation. What's some real shit? All right, man. You're welcome. Peace. Peace, peace. The Real Right now we should start the show.